morning, crew. Good morning, Tarleton. Good morning, mate. How are you doing? Freaking awesome, mate. Thanks, uh, thanks very much for joining us in this uh, new coffee shop that we've decided to go to today. Yeah, just getting closer to our next appointment, mate. Yeah, well, that's actually a really good point. We actually got invited to a, uh, quite interestingly, a customer vendor conference. So our, one of our mutual customers has got quite a large vendor list and they've uh, invited us to a vendor conference of theirs just up the road. So uh, hence why we're in a different location today. Yeah, absolutely. I find them really good um, and, and really good way to, to get everyone's partners in and vendors in and in the room talking. It's probably the third one I've gone through from, from one of my large customers. Um, they're usually really, really good events. But let's kick into it. What's yeah. in the news this week, mate? So something caught my attention in the news um, uh, earlier in the week. It was regarding how car sales are looking to voice assistants and AI to help sell cars. Now, having um, recently done a bit of research on things like Google Home and Alexia from Amazon, it's quite interesting how businesses now are going to be looking to voice as the new type of search engine. So I think this is quite a really, um, really innovative way for car sales. You know that in an industry that's difficult to differentiate, but also has a lot of content, um, how they can how they can differentiate in that market. So I know AJ Bahatia, I think that's I'm saying his last name right, is quite a um, innovative CIO. So call it, shout out to him if this is one of his um, one of his innovative ideas, but um, I can't wait to see. I can just imagine it. You know, you'll be sitting at home one day on your couch saying. Now we need to go buy a new car and hey Alexia, can you tell us where the closest Ford Escape is for sale at the moment? Yeah, right. And, um, and that being a way that you can do I it. I think the adoption of the voice search is going to be a really, really big cha game changer in the home home tech space. Um, we obviously have seen it with Alexia and, and, and Google Home, but I don't think we're even close to um, the peak of, of seeing how uh, easily we can integrate that into our lifestyle and just make just make life decisions easier. Yeah, and what about you, sir? As I just see you unlock your brand new iPhone 10 using your keypad and not the Face ID. Yeah, it doesn't like my Face ID very well. Um, I, I don't know why, maybe it's the glasses. Maybe it's, maybe it's just, it doesn't like the face, which, uh, My girlfriend says the same thing, so... Uh, <laughs> look, uh, it's fairly quiet week in the news, but um, one, one, did, one article did catch my eye. Um, Gartner did their annual report on IT spending across Australia. Oh, yep. Let me guess it's down. Uh, no, it's up. So oh. um, a nice round number of $84 billion, um, over the next uh, over the next 12 months, which represents a 2.3% um, rise from last year. Seems to be in track with what we'd expect. It's not higher than you'd expect. It's certainly not lower. Um, obviously, with tech adoption, it's always going to grow. Yeah. The biggest um, change from last year is the shift to services. Yep. And the shift to services taking up a large percentage of that spending, um, which is reflectable, well, certainly of a lot of the, um, the conversations I'm having in the industry. Um, so big move to that OPEX model. We see it in the consumer space, um, and we're seeing it all the way through um, the enterprise space as well. Yeah, well, certainly helps my business out a lot, so that's, uh, yeah. that's good news. Um, so you, you sent me a message in a, I'm going to assume not a drunken state, but in a happy state over the weekend, saying that you had a cracking idea for this week's podcast um, off the back of a story that you'd heard. So please enlighten us. What is the idea and um, what is the topic was, for discussion today? I was talking today? to a friend of mine uh, for my birthday breakfast on Sunday we caught up. Um, Do I miss that? I noticed you didn't get me a present, um, but that's, that's okay. Breakfast, coffee's on me. Ah, <laughs> thanks. Uh, we're catching up at another cafe in Richmond. She was telling me about a time that she worked at a uh, retail store, Australian retail store. She was a casual employer, one of the first jobs that she ever had. Uh, 
and they had one of the weirdest um, KPIs that I have ever seen ever. So it was a very, very controlling environment. Um, you did have to sign in and sign out with your fingerprint. Not too unusual these days. Um, yeah, biometric scanners were clocking, to see clocking, um, clocking casual workers. Yeah, but they did have this thing called a challenge, which at any time during your shift, um, you might be in the sales floor, you might be at the back in the warehouse. On one of the two Polish computers, your name might pop up, and it will say Dom Garfi challenge, and then a countdown timer. Countdown timer is five minutes, and you had to get to that computer within five minutes and put your fingerprint on it. If you didn't do it three times, so over the course of multiple shifts, you got a warning. Wow. So I can see the I can see the, the, the goal that they're trying to achieve, which is staff accountability, making sure that everyone is on the sales floor and around, but it just doesn't work. Yeah, that's so if my you're out the back, If you're at the back stocking, yeah. and you don't have the computer, You've then got a colleague on the sales floor that might be mid-serving. Yeah. Excuse me, sir, ma'am. Yeah. Can you go tell my colleague at the back that she needs to run up here and put her fingerprint on this computer? Ah, oh, don't worry about customer service. Let me do this first. Wow. Suffice to say, she's no longer at that place of employment. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that's necessarily the only reason, but I'm sure it was a driver. <laughs> I just thought it drives a really good conversation, both in sales and in IT. Um, and any job these days, KPIs are key. Yeah, so I think from from my perspective, I mean, as sales, I mean, we both we we both have KPIs, and, and generally speaking, it's tied to a sales number. That's that's KPI, but number one. But what I'm seeing now, and particularly, it's it's massive in the company that I work for, is tying KPIs into customer experience. So for us, it's around Net Promoter Score. Yeah. So Net Promoter Score, for those that don't know, at, at the very simplest sense of what it is, it's a monthly, quarterly, biannually per question, contact. Yeah, per contact question that goes out to your customer base. They basically ask one simple question. It's based on the interaction that you've just had with our company, how likely are you to refer said company to? You're then given a, a one to 10? Correct. So one being zero chance of me referring you on, 10 being huge customer advocate, and I will, anyone that's walking past me, I'll yell and scream. And, and, and what we would call a promoter is a nine to 10? Yep. Then you've got, is it from eight to seven or six? As a, as a passive? Yeah, no, so you've got uh, eight to six. Yeah, so so eight is a advocate as well, and then I think six to seven is a passive. Right, and then below that is a detractor. Correct. Yeah. So you don't want to have anyone in the detractor camps. And so, like a lot of telcos and, and many services companies will will talk to their net promoter score, but there's really two types. There's a, there's a transactional net promoter score, which is generally quite high, um, and then there's an overall net promoter score, which is generally a lot lower. And the industry average for telco, you might know better than I do, but it's not high. It's like, it might even be in the negatives. Um, I could only comment on what we have in our annual report, which is around 70, but we yeah. lead the market. I think the average is probably around 30. Yeah, yeah, there you go. So it's um, it's a really good measure of, of that. And so what we've done as a business, or what I've seen a lot of organizations do as a business, is tie KPIs back into that net promoter score. So everything that you're doing as an organization is driving a really good customer experience and a really good customer outcome. So for us, and our example is, unless your customer is a seven or higher, 
you don't get your bonuses for that. Yep, for that core. 100%. And that's, um, we're the same. That drives all the way down to our, um, to our tech guys, to our provision guys, to, to anyone that has that customer contact and yeah. has the ability to change that conversation and, and to provide a better outcome. And I mean, what we saw in my example before, there is no um, intention behind uh, that KPI, the challenge KPI, to provide better customer experience. No. Um, at best case, it will provide a neutral effect, but in most cases, it's going to mean you're, I'm leaving you to go do something else, which creates a negative customer experience. Yep. I think, um, I think the NPS is fairly common these days from an uh, industry level. Um, whether or not it's tied into enumeration, which I believe it should be, maybe not as common. Have you seen any other KPIs around that, um, or something that you might think you should be KPI'd on yeah, so to provide a better customer from a From a day-to-day interaction with IT people, it's, it's, it's a conversation that, can, um, that you can either get hand locked on and say, oh, you know, don't worry about what my KPIs are, or you can actually you know, get CIOs and IT directors that will you know, happily divulge. What I've seen, I think, from a, from a customer experience, or sorry, from a customer engagement perspective, they've basically told me that their KPIs are tied to two key areas, delivering on the business outcome that they're trying to deliver on in a time frame, and then delivering on um, either cost savings or, um, or business improvement okay. or business uh, you know, increased revenue, those sorts of things. I think you, you bring up a really good point from a sales perspective. If you can get that information, it really helps you to craft the conversation in terms of um, getting a business case supported by the, um, by the company, right? Because if I know what is driving you from a, um, from a KPI perspective, uh, I can then make sure that the ROI is as strong as you need the ROI. Do you need double-digit ROI? Yep. Let's say that's what you need. Um, then great. Let's make sure that the business, you know, that the commercials do look at that. I think that um, transparency, you know, goes back to the strength of the partnership that you have with your vendor or your or your client is um, is really really important. And I think from a client's perspective, it's really important that you understand how your account team is KPI'd as well. Um, so one of the examples that I've got for you is is just recently we're going through uh, a contract negotiation with one of our clients. Um, uh, taking my own advice as to how to speed up that legal process, mm. but one of the things... How's that, that going for you? <laughs> well, <laughs> nearly there. Um, but one of the things that um, the customer was asking for and to appear in the agreement was actually not relevant to the contract. And what I had to actually go through with them is to say, the KPI measure for that is actually in the net promoter score. You're asking me for something that's going to show accountability. So I can't document that in a contract for you but how I can measure it for you is if we're not delivering on that accountability then you can you know, punish me on the back end sure. or hit me on the back end. No but it shows it shows that process yeah. of of exactly how you are accountable and it isn't something that's necessarily able to put in a contract so it yeah. works out to Correct. Create. So I mean you know the example that I said to you to them was, was okay, so if I don't deliver on what I'm telling you I'm going to deliver in, in print, in email or whatever it might be, then when that next cycle comes around and it talks specifically about account management and how are you, you know, willing to refer on your account management team, you would put me down as a one or a two or a three or, and I don't get remunerated on that on that you know that quarter, which affects me. So it's in my interest as your It doesn't account. just affect you, it'll also affect I mean you, you, I imagine your senior levels and above you 
are enumerated on NPS as well. Exactly. So they then go, okay, hold on a second, this is affecting me as well, and it brings them into the conversation. I'm sure they're already proactive and in there, but it yeah. forces that that as well, right? Yeah, so and I think from, from my perspective, I'm, I feel like I'm giving a lot of control over to the customer to say, this is a lever that you can pull that um, that's gonna invoke some sort of reaction or some sort of uh, response back from, from either me or my business. Yeah. Um, what about yourself? What, from a, a raw telco sales perspective, how are some of the some of the things that you've seen? I think the pretty the pretty standard, you know, you know, high end sales environment. A pretty standard is um, KPI is is a number of meetings or, or customer um, contacts with with what we would call new logos or, or new new customers. Especially yep. if your job is to bring new revenue into the business. I think it, it works to a degree. It certainly works in the faster sales cycle yep. environment. Uh, because I can go out and see, let's say, 10 people in a day, and I can comfortably say that I'm going to um, find a solution that works for them and get it across the line within maybe uh, within two weeks, and maybe I get seven of those 10, or maybe I only get three. Yeah. But it's really easy from a transactional perspective. Yeah. I don't think it lends itself um, to the enterprise or, or the long any longer sales cycle environment. Yeah. Um, thinking about the deals that. I've done that are quite large. I've spent a lot of my time on that deal for a brief for a period, and I won't necessarily have the capability to go out and bring in new conversations and yeah. and, um, and new um, new faces. Yeah. So I, I think you know whenever a KPI is chosen, it needs to be chosen yes to make sure that your staff are performing, but it should always be tied back to customer staff. Yeah, and that's and that's a really good point. So if you're a manager and you're looking at how to you know how to you know, increase performance within your team, be it from a you know people perspective or from a results perspective. I think that's that's a really key point. It's what what do you want to invoke? Do you want to use the carrot or do you want to use the stick? So the example that you said to earlier was was clearly a stick. It was we're going to punish you and you're probably going to lose your job if you don't you know push your fingerprint on a on a scanner. Um, whereas you know do you want to make sure to say hey guys if you can hit these measures. There's a 20%, you know, increase in comms, or there's a, you know, there's a lunch or a dinner or a team building event or something like that that's tied, that's tied to it. From a business perspective, I'd like to see that, um, and what I have seen is is a percentage of revenue tied into key stakeholders, so C level engagements. So you've seen it, you know, in the big banks and whatnot. If they hit, big, you know, certain milestones, then then most of the C-level get, get remunerated accordingly. And that's another really good incentive because you know if you perform, as long as you're not unethical in the way you go about it, um, if you perform and the business grows and the business uh, is, becomes more profitable, then I think you as a, as a key member of that, you should have rewarded accordingly. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, you, know, you, you see those KPIs change as you go from it, um, let's say, uh, an entry-level staff member to an exec. Yeah. The KPIs will always change, right? Because you're not having an executive measured on as new meetings that he's having or <laughs> she's having, right? Correct. But I think they should always, you know, similar to the MPS, for example, they need to stack up to a degree, right? Yeah. So by you not performing your KPI, which means your manager's not performing his KPI, which means that your CEO is not necessarily achieving what they want. Yeah. Um, one common KPI we see is churn rate. Oh yeah. So customers, 
customers transitioning away, whether it's from a service or just a um, standard buying. Yeah. It gets pretty regular. And I think it's obviously, it's a really, really good one for um, account managers. Yeah. Um, and also something that can be reflected all the way up to the exec. That is one that the exec will have at a churn rate for the, for the entire business. Yeah, I've got a question for you. So what about the weighting of KPIs? So let's just say, for example, let's measure end result. So to use salespeople as an example, end result being achieved target or, sure. or met target versus activity. So um, by that I mean you might be smashing the phones, you might be hitting the proposals, responding to tenders, getting all your activity high, but you may not be getting the result for circumstances outside of your control. Where do you think the, the balance lies between the two? How much, how much, if you were a manager of someone like that that wasn't getting the result but was doing the activity, how much leeway would you be giving them? I think it, it's, it's got to be per, per person, per instance, and it, it's all about how effectively um, you, know, you, you manage up to a degree and have that conversation, bring your manager in to say, look, this is, these are the conversations I'm having. These are the deals that we've got. This deal is, you know, maybe you're working on five deals that have a life cycle of two years, yep. and, but you still need to bring in quarterly. First of all, that's bad. <laughs> Make sure you've got some, you know, some medium level deals you can bring in. But I think it's just about making, you know, KPIs are there for a reason and they're there to, to be able to perform and, and measure performance. I get it. But you, if you can bring in your manager from a um, off the record chat or, or just a, a, an informal chat to say, look, I get that I'm, I haven't hit this month. As long as you can show that pipeline to how you are going to hit it, I mean, every manager just wants to see you perform, right? No one wants to fire you, right? Yeah. Um, it's bad for everybody and it's a lot of paperwork. So as long as you're able to show that how you're going to achieve what they want you to achieve and you can do it in a respectful amount of time. And I think that, that overrules the KPI for that period. Yeah. Sure, when you don't meet that plan, well, then you've got a problem. Yeah. I think um, from my perspective is that, you know, those KPIs and those metrics are generally there to help measure activity. And, and to show that you're trending in the right direction. And, and like those sort of numbers where you know you need to have three times your pipeline to be able to achieve your, your sales you know, number that you're accountable towards, um, it, it's, it's, it's a tried and true measure, right? So as long as you know what your close rate is, you know how many opportunities you need to have in your pipeline and what sort of average deal value is, is gonna drive that number as well. So you know if you're doing those metrics, generally you'll be able to hit that number that you're after, but um, you know, certainly measuring the activity in the sales world is um, is, is a part of our, our lives, yeah, unfortunately. Um, that's us for today. Excellent, thanks for coming. No, thank you for coming. I will, um, I'll be seeing, we'll be spending the day together today, so we will. I'm, I'm sure we'll be sick of each other by the end of it. Yeah. But, um, I'm, I'm still annoyed that you haven't got me a birthday present, but that's right, we'll just, um, it's in the mail. I'm sure, I, I'll give you a couple of days, Grace. Hey Alexa, please remind me to get Talton a nice new Audi. <laughs> Thank you. See you next Tuesday, see mate. Ya. See you next Tuesday.